Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent on the Podcast with Matt Gerard and myself, John Phipps. Uh, there's no snow down here on the Sunshine Coast, but I understand there has been some across Kent, although not perhaps quite as much as our very own Michael Fish predicted uh, last weekend. Hopefully, he's on the line now anyway, despite the treacherous conditions. Do you think you should stick to sport commentary, Matt? Yeah, yeah, probably. It wasn't a good idea. I think there's some due to come tomorrow. I think there have been various yellow pink warnings, doesn't there? So, um, I think it's coming, but everybody seems to laugh. We'll never get any down here anyway. So, yeah, it wasn't my uh, finest hour. So, uh, there you go. I, was, I won't stick to weather forecasting. No, we did have a, a message from someone on Twitter who said, today's the day I've got me carrots and uh, me coal ready to make me snowman and, it, and there's absolutely nothing to report here. I, I do apologise for that person if they did build themselves up to me. Excellent. Matt Gerald's a little bit subdued today because he's actually having to record it in his office. So he's, he's been nice and quiet, which might actually play in our hands shortly because uh, that would be handy. So, uh, Matt, I've, I've finished Luther. Um, I, I can't give, talk about the ending because obviously people may still be catching up on it. Um, it, it was only on a few weeks ago. But um, what? how am I going to fill my evenings now? Um, can you go to sleep, though? Have you sold anything on eBay since then? Because <laughs> that is the biggest concern from now. I'm never allowed anywhere... We've had people around. I'm moving offices now because I can just talk a bit more from that. But yeah, um, yes, that was the most scary thing. Either you want to go on a bus and sell anything on eBay. To be honest, I haven't found anything on the television to take over. There's pretty not much in it. I need to catch up on a few things and various things. But it was a good recommendation. So clearly now you need to go on the bridge. It's just the subtitles thing that worries me. It's 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 a potential. We have actually started watching another thing, which it's not as if we're super fans of um, of Ruth Wilson who plays Alice Morgan, um, but we have started watching another thing that she's in called The Affair. Have you heard of that? Yeah, somebody mentioned that this morning. God, it's a world, small world out there. Is that on Netflix? Or it's not on, on Netflix. But we've got Sky box sets. It's on there, so we've been able to download all of it. It's, oh right, they're four series in. We've watched a couple of episodes, and it's heavy going, but um, we're, we're quite enjoying it. Looking forward to seeing how it pans out. Whether we're going to get through all four series in the sort of time that in, in rapid time, I don't know. However, is that, is that a fifty minute episode jobs? Is it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, once you take the adverts out, but we enjoyed the first one. So the second one was a bit harder going. It's very cleverly done. The first half is Tin from his point of view and the second half from her point of view of every episode. And it's very clever how um, they say different things and they're wearing different clothes and how they view things differently. So it's quite it's it's very interesting to watch and we're going to see how we get on with that. But um, yeah, apart from that, we're, we're kind of in a bit of a lull, really. Well, yeah, yeah, to be honest, I'm the same. There's nothing on the wife without last night. So I, I watched Manchester City v Newcastle. Um, and the sad thing is I've started watching um, videos about Football Manager 2019 which is I don't know if that's sad or not because of course I'm not allowed to play it because I haven't got time and I've been watching somebody else play it and I, and I think we mentioned this before is that basically me needing to get a life Surely you could spend your time playing it rather than watching someone else play it though if you've got that time no, These videos are like 20 minutes it's only 20 minutes a day so and I, you know I haven't got time I get all sorts of problem is if I started firing it up trying to bring the glory days back to Geisley or something so no so that is what I am doing of a 20 well there's two there's a guy I follow and it's 20 minutes each so of a day so um, yeah I, 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 that is what I've been watching and the wife just I did the other day uh, there was a one guy this is terribly sad 
and even the wife thought it was terribly sad. There's a guy on YouTube who has given all the National League sides a billion pounds to spend on Football Manager 2019. Amazing. So basically, I followed somebody every year seeing where, where the teams were. And I punched the air whenever a David got promoted. And my wife looked at me and saying, it's not even real. And after I still downstairs, about an hour I was into this, and I went to bed and I didn't think, that's an hour of my life gone, basically. So I was promoting the air at Dover in a fake world, but promoted to the Football League. And I thought, maybe I just need to move off the Football Manager videos. Well, it's like that spreadsheet that we found, and, and we had a conversation about this um, the other week, didn't we? About the, the yeah. guy who, who ran a thousand years of, of simulation on Football Manager and uh, saw the teams who won the league over the course of the of the whole thousand years, and it was quite something, wasn't it? It, it was quite amazing what teams that did it. So um, I do like it. a spreadsheet, and I do like stats about football, but I'd probably. Yeah, I probably need to move away from the... Uh, that's what I've been doing, watching, rather than watching a sit-down and watching a new programme, watching videos on Football Manager, which, at my age, nearly 44, that is... If I was 16, you'd probably give you a bit of respect for it, but not at my age. Hey, I, I, but it's fine to me. I've been watching old classics of Only Fools and Horses on Netflix as well, so, which always, uh, even though you've seen them a hundred times before, always made me chuckle. And Two Doors Down, which is, at the moment, the best programme on domestic television. Excellent. Um, yeah, just to clarify, the guy in 2015 did the foot, ran Football Manager uh, 2015 for a thousand years. Um, and during that time, Sheffield United won 168 titles, uh, including 101 points in the epic 2374-75 season. Um, I don't think Dover ever won the league. But how, think, many, how, many, how many stars on the badge for that? Loads. I think, was it not Bromley won the league at one point in this uh, in this little thing that, he, yeah, that, think, that you not They won something, didn't they? Yeah, I think uh, yeah. Somebody got Bromley did get. Did, well, I think I won the Premier League at some stage. Yeah, but that, that was not Dover in there. It was quite quite interesting. And you, and you see these things. And well, well, I suppose you know, fifty years ago, I suppose the main te- big teams will always be there. But maybe uh, a side will come big. Maybe Salford City or something one day. But uh, yeah, but it's pretty sad, but quite enjoyable. So. I'm criticising myself, but I'm going to carry on doing it. Yeah, of course you are. Uh, anyway, it's our 69th episode this week, and that's... Um, no, 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 can't say that. And you lot can all wash your minds out as well, because I know what you're thinking. It was, however, the squad number of Bicente Lizarazu during his time at Bayern Munich. And not because he had a dirty mind, but because he was born in 1969, weighed 69 kilograms, and is 1 metre 69 tall. So I just need to lose about 6.5 stone and shrink a couple of centimetres, and I can be number 81. No problem, yeah? Could be, but I think that was probably rubbish from Lizarazu, really. I can't believe that's the choice. But anyway, who knows? Who knows that information when he got to it? So, and, and again, squad numbers, that's another story we can have on that. But anything above 40 is ridiculous. Well, exactly. Uh, anyway, let's talk football. And uh, because I want to get it out of the way early so that I'm not waiting for the god-awful renditions of classic early 90s grunge tunes, let's start with the FA Vars. It's a massive week on and off the pitch for Canterbury City as next midweek is the vote for planning application on their new stadium with Chairman Tim Clark telling the club's website that a no will see the club collapse for the second time in 20 years. We'll discuss that in more detail in next week's show, which I will tell you about later. But before that vote, they have a huge day on the field at Salters Lane in Faversham on Saturday when they take on, here we go then, Leicester Nirvana. Come as you are! As a friend. In the last 16 of the FA Vars. Nirvana. Come as you are. 
as a friend. We're knocked out by Coventry United in the last round, but reprieved after Kevin Thornton, once of Coventry City, was found to have played when he should have been suspended. Uh, so City's new opponents are ninth in the United Counties League, a couple of places above Newport Pagnell Town, who City beat in the last round. So you would ch a chance, you would hope, Matt, for Canterbury to make it through. Yeah, it's a massive week for the club, isn't it? And I have to say, fingers crossed for them, if they can go and do it. Um, we don't, again, the opposition... I'm not going to do it anymore. Your voice will start hurting. Um, and are they in the same league as the other team? In the same league as New, uh, not in the same league as Newport Pagnell, who Canterbury beat in the last round. So not in the same league as Coventry United, but the same league as Newport Pagnell. Right, they've got a good chance at home. Um, why not? I think they've really pushed the game on social media, so I think they're expecting a big crowd. Why not? I'm tipping them to be in the last eight and then we can really start getting excited about Wembley. I really hope it works out for the people there. Ben Smith, Tim Dixon, it's a massive game for the club and it could be a, a really massive week for them as well. So fingers crossed. Um, and again, and in this sort of thing, you don't want a side that's been lost in the competition to go really deep into it when somebody else has basically cocked up with a player. And I know that sometimes isn't the club's faults on this because of the Haddock um, system that the FA use, but uh, yeah, really... Um, we, 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 you were saying that but do you think Canterbury should get a bye to the next round no I don't actually I, I think that it, it's only fair that um, someone gets a chance because I suppose the ruling comes because the FA can't say for definite that if Kevin Thornton who let's face it is a very experienced player for that level of football if he hadn't been playing could Kevin Th ex Coventry City man yeah Kevin Thornton yeah oh right yeah so you know Who's to say that if he hadn't played that day, and I don't know how well he played, I don't know if he scored or anything, but who's to say if he hadn't been in the team that day, the lesson of Arna wouldn't have gone through? And that's why they do it. Hang on, you missed it then. What was that team again? Look at that. My voice has got better, hasn't it? Yeah, but I don't know if we can use that or not. Well, I'm sure no one will be listening to uh, to tell us off for using that anyway. Um, but yes, thanks for that, Matt. That was uh, that was much better. Yeah, much much more enjoyed that rendition. Um, but no, I, th I think it's I think it's right that the club get reinstated. Um, but also, yeah, especially with our, our Kent football hats on, it would be lovely if if that was the end of the road for the team from the from Leicester. It wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping that um, Leicester, Leicester are going to go out of the competition. I'm not going to do any more gags on that. I do think it, it makes me laugh every time. And when I hear the name, I do want to crack into song this weekend. But I'm hoping that uh, Canterbury City will uh, it will be never mind Leicester that, that when they knock them out of the competition. Look at that, that link there. Yeah. Super. That's very, very, very good, um, Matthew. I'm very impressed. Um, the other thing we should talk about as well, as, as we're talking about the FA Vars, is, is Cray Valley PM, who are also in the last 16, and they're flying the scaffold flag high. Now, as we were a Kent podcast, Cray Valley, much like Greenwich Borough, is a tricky one for us. So my normal rule is that if they have a London postcode, then we've got to think long and hard because there are so many good stories in Kent and so many people that we've spoken to over the past 68 episodes who, you know, are worth our time. But I think this week we've got to talk about Cray Valley because they deserve a few minutes of our time. They're in the last 16. They've just signed former Gillingham striker Gavin Tomlin to add even more firepower. And they take on Abbey Rangers in the last 16 on Saturday. At home as well. Um, they Abbey Rangers squeezed past Beers in the last round. They've been very good away from home in this competition. But with the firepower that they've got, Cray Valley have got to be confident as well of making the last eight, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, We mentioned that last time on the side that um, beat Beers today. They're really, really good away from home, not too home. Cray Valley, I presume that's near Darford Way, is it? 
No, they're they're virtually up in Greenwich. So that, Greenwich. Oh right, so yeah. they're not playing. Yeah, I hope you know Kevin Lisby. What a you know he's had a decent league career, banging and goals in, and I admire him for continue to play and score goals. So um, Gavin Tomlin, yeah, he's a decent player at that level. I hope they can do it. Of course, if they do get to the next round, they play Canterbury. We probably have to support Canterbury, but it's good for the scaffold that sides can go really long into the competition. And I'm pretty confident, John, that maybe we're going to have two sides in the uh, in the quarterfinals, which would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and it is a funny thing, really, as well. I mean, you talk about the scaffold. It, it is what it is. Obviously, you've got Crober in the league, um, and you've got AFC Croydon um, and Croydon as well. And there's no sort of real place for these London clubs to go. And it does make sense that these clubs are sort of spread around the leagues a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it, it, it probably does. So it'd be interesting to see. I'd love to, I'd love to know the difference in standard. I know the north sides have been the sides in this competition that have dominated. It'll be good for a, a southern side to come through. And how good could it be? I know we're going back to Canterbury there. How you know that Canterbury? I don't know how many people live in Canterbury, but it's a big place. If you really get behind it, they can get some really good gates and get into Wembley. It'll be an unbelievable achievement, and hopefully. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to say. I presume if you said now you're not going to get to Wembley, but you're going to get your ground. Well, you're going to lose on Saturday, but you're going to get your uh, ground approved. They're going to take that, but wouldn't it be great if they can get both? It would be. Both of those teams, incidentally, won in the league on Saturday. Uh, Canterbury City, two on winners at Croydon, and Cray Valley were 2 0 winners at Deal, which is always a tough place to go. Seven wins in a row for Cray Valley as well. Um, sticking with the Scaffold as well, we've got to mention Chatham Town, who smashed nine past K Sports on Saturday. The club were in mourning after the sad loss of club legend Steve Binks earlier in the week. He'd been at the club for 25 years. He'd been youth team coach, first team manager, director of football, honorary life president. Um, they went out on Saturday and in his memory, that is an absolutely fantastic result um, to hit nine at, at any level of football is excellent. And that's a great result for Chatham Town. Yeah, I think you can see the respect Steve had on social media when the news of his passing came through. So, uh, yeah, fantastic for them. Chatham, can they still win the league? John, I haven't got the scaffold league table in front of me, but they're scoring goals and they really shouldn't be that level. They've got four, they've got uh, 49 points from 22 games. They are fifth. They're level on points with Cray Valley, but Cray Valley have played 23. Third place is Beckenham with twenty five from uh, with fifty points from twenty five games. Uh, second place is Fisher, another one on the London conundrum, incidentally, who've got fifty three points from twenty four games and still top of the table after their four 0 win over Hollands and Blair. Our last week's guest Corinthian with fifty six points from twenty four games. So you would say at the moment Chatham they've got a couple of games in hand, but they're going to need Corinthian and others above them to slip up. Yeah, I think maybe that's the case, but they're, they're going in the right direction. I've had a, a difficult couple of years, haven't they, with the um, relegation, etc. like that. But good luck to them going forward and 9 0. If you were there that day, I'm sure you'll always remember that being a Chatham fan. Yeah, and Paul Vine's got four of the goals for them there, with two for Byron Walker and Michael Hagen, and John Pilbeam also on target. And that is uh, 207 people at the game as well, um, which is a, a, a big old result. The, the other scores in that league on Saturday. It was AFC Croydon 3, Tunbridge Wells 3, Beersted Neil, Crowbar Athletic Neil. We don't get many of them in the scaffold. We're literally going down the list, and I've read loads of the other ones. Um, Irith Town 4, Sheppard United 1. I see Carl Rook among the goal scorers for Irith Town there. Uh, Punjab United 1, Beckenham 1, and Fisher 3, Rustall nil. Um, just quickly running down the Division 1 scores at the weekend as well. It's Irith and Belvedere 6, Lidtown nil. Another goalless draw between Forest Hill Park and Snodland. Greenways 1, Stansfeld nil. Holmesdale 4, Bryden Ropes 3, two hat-tricks and an own goal in that game, believe it or not. Kellington 3, Camp Football United 1, Phoenix Reserves 1, Lewisham Borough 2, Rochester United 2, Meridian VP 4 and Sutton Athletic 1, Leaders Wellington 1. Um, ever seen a game with two hat-tricks, Matt? 
Mm, don't think I have, no. Um, no, definitely not. No. So, have you? I don't know if I have or not. I want to say I must have done, because I've certainly seen some goals knocking about, but I don't remember anyone ever, ever having to interview anyone and say, who's having the match ball then? So, no, I don't think I... I don't no, think no, I that, that, that is cool. That's just, that would be who would have the match ball. Um, how would you do that? The first person who got the first hat-trick? If, if somebody got a penalty in the hat-trick and somebody didn't, you probably wouldn't do that well. I don't know how they do it. So. Do you know what? Actually, I think I have seen a game with two hat-tricks. I'm just going to look it up. Um, do you want to talk about the scaffold very quickly, Matt, while I look this up? Yeah, the scaffold. Look at the league table there, John, from that point. I've got a good chance. Look at this. Let's go to the top goal scorers, though, in this division. And will there be some names there? You mentioned Carl Rook. He must be getting on a bit now. Um, scoring goals. Dan Bradshaw is currently top goal scorer. 25 for Sheffield. Paul Vines, 19. Richard Atkins has been round. Kevin Nisby, 14. Byron Walker, 14. There's some real good names in there. Goal scoring names from the, from the leagues. Lauren Amici, who's had a decent... 10 for Punjab. I'm sure he had a decent league career as well. So he played football. Yep, so uh, all in all, an exciting time. But Harry Harding... 26 for Erithan Belvedere in the first division. Ryan Golding, who's been around the houses and can score goals for fun, with 22. But a fair play to Dan Bradshaw. 25 goals in the scaffold, leading the uh, um, scoring rate. So he should be looking up to get at least 35 for him there. Anyway, and back to you, John. Yes, indeed. I think I did see two hat-tricks. It was a day that Kent, uh, Kent football fans probably didn't enjoy too much it, because the game finished Chelmsford City 7, Tunbridge Angels 1 and Tunbridge Angels were relegated and Tommy Warrillow uh, resigned after that game. So, um, a few years ago now but the, the hat-trick goal scorers that day were Luke Callender and a chap called Michael Cheek who's gone on to score a few goals um, that, we, that we're familiar oh, with. Interesting. Maybe if we ever get Michael Cheek on the show we'll have to ask him who got the match ball. And to be fair, in non-league football, when they actually count around for balls, do they actually give you a, um, a ball on that point of view? Because you probably need to use it every week. I do remember the sticking point was actually that someone at the uh, someone at Chelmsford had promised uh, the two strikers if if they scored a hat trick he would buy them a box full of Panini twenty fourteen World Cup stickers and uh, he had to shell out for two boxes because they, and they were both railing over that as well at the time so they definitely got some incentive for scoring a hat trick. Yeah, not, not in there like the Premier League you actually might get a car or something like that I would have thought so uh, yeah different levels but. Uh... Yeah, 2014. I did complete that book, so uh, fair play to them. I hope they did as well, too. Yeah, so did I. I did complete that one. Uh, this weekend in the scaffold, obviously, the, the, there's the two Vars ties, but also uh, league fixtures. Beerson against Punjab, Beckenham against Chatham, Glebe against Irith Town, Hollands and Blair host Croydon. It's K-Sports against Deal Town, uh, Lordswood against Corinthian, Rustall against Crow Athletic, and Sheffield United host Fisher. In Division 1, Bryden Ropes take on Rochester United, FC Elmstead against SC Thamesmead, Forest Hill Park against Stansfeld, Kent Football United against Greenways, Snodland Town against Sutton Athletic, and Welling Town versus Irith and Belvedere. A um, couple of games on Tuesday as well. Beerson against AFC Croydon, Punjab against Rustall, Tunbridge Wells against Hollands and Blair. Sheppey United take on SC Thamesmead in the uh, Challenge Cup quarter final. And then in, on Wednesday night, still going, uh, K Sports against Lordswood in the Premier Division and the other Challenge Cup quarter finals Canterbury against Chatham, Cray Valley against Corinthian, and Irith Town against. Fisher. So that brings you all up to date with the scaffold. And uh, oh, we should talk about other leagues as well. We're not just here to talk about that. We're going to move up now to the Bostic League. Um, we're going to start in the Premier Division. 
uh, where Folks and Victor are sixth in the table after their 2 0 win over Kingstonian on Saturday. It's been another good season so far for Invicta. And earlier this week, Matt caught up with their long serving manager, Neil Cugley. You, you, your form's really good, particularly at Cheriton Road. Would, would you put a, something that's changed on that? You're scoring goals, you're keeping clean sheets. So, as a manager, you must be absolutely delighted with that. Yeah, of course we are. We, we don't pretend to be the, any of the big boys in our league, so we work really hard at what we try to do. and... Uh, Got a very good pitch of Folkestone, you know. So you know, I think we enjoy playing at home. Got a good fan base, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's very enjoyable um, playing at home at the moment. That's uh, really really nice. Yeah, we've said on the pod before. Normally, Folkestone, if you know what I'm saying, start well and maybe tail off at the end of the season. But this year, it seems to be it's gone the other way because you're one of the form signs in the division. Yeah, it's just um, yeah, it's just one of those things. Really, change the system a little bit. Seems to suit the players a bit more. Um, didn't start that well as you want. We started all right. We won, I think, two of the first three, and then went on a very poor run, especially at home. That, that is very disappointing. You feel like you let fans down, and uh, all play, you know, credit to the players. They work really hard, and uh, as you say, turned it around dramatically. So that, that's um, yeah, it's now become very enjoyable again. What do you think of that? You know, last year the bigger sides, the Dulledges and the Billerickies, who had a bit of a budget. What do you think the standard of the uh, the, the, the Bostic Premier League this season is? It a more competitive division? I think so. Yes, I'd, I'd say it's harder than last year because I think it didn't take a lot of working out who would win it and who would come second last year. You know, the odds this year it's you know anybody you know maybe apart from Dorking, I think everybody felt they'd be right up there. Up oh, that anybody else is you know you. you Every Saturday, you're a bit shocked with the results, you know, because everybody's beating each other. You know, mm-hmm. So it's a tight league. Yeah, you mentioned about Dorking. Uh, I know they've got a new ground. Did you expect them to do so well? Because you go to them on Saturday, so it's a it's a big game for you, a good marker for you. Yeah, I think that you know you only got to look at their players, uh, so you know the budget must be high. You know that's fair enough, and you know before we're any jealous, we haven't got it. So you can't moan if teams have got it, and they've got some really quality players there. But um, a quality squad so I think I'll be very shocked if they're not definitely not first second in the league in the season so Saturday's game becomes really really important to see where we as a measure of where we are now You've got some goal scorers in you know, Ian Drake you know, I didn't think you know when Jimmy Dryden broke the Folkestone goal scoring record I think it probably stunned for a while but uh, Ian Drake was closing in on that how important is he be to work with the, the youngsters to Horst and Paxman as well? No, he's done well. What, what, uh, to be fair, we're not talking behind him. You know, he's uh, he didn't have a very good start the season when he's talking about the whole club, and uh, he, he had a sort of poor start. He could be carrying an injury, never really got going, and then we put him back in the side and, and sort of playing as a number ten, really, as they call it now. And uh, he's been outstanding, you know. And he's a good professional in the way he handles himself and handles himself on and off the pitch. And uh, I think that's good for these uh, younger lads. As you say, like Paxman to Horse and even Addy, really, they're all still in the early 20s. So, you know, he's been a great asset to us and he's a credit to himself. Yeah, you think about Addy, you've had a great season last season. You, you real got firepower there. We mentioned about to Horst. He went to Hull, went to Maidstone, didn't work out for him. Do you think he's got the ability to go back up back up the divisions? Yeah, I think he comes back with, you know, he's had a lot of injuries in that time as well. That hasn't helped him. He seemed to, hopefully now, um, you know, he's got over his injuries, he's got back in the team. And hopefully he can kick on now, you know. And as you say, it's just been uh, a career, really. It seemed to have been disappointing for him, you know. Um, 
hampered by injuries. So, you know, if you get him fit every week and playing every week, then he's a he's a quality player. You mentioned the other end of the scale. I think Michael Everett. I think he had seven hundred games for folks in there. Yeah. How how probably all under you as well because you've you've been there a long, long time. What's what's his you know the longevity of him? What's, what would you say is what he brings to the team? Well, I think to be fair, what's helped him. We've sort of got him on the coaching staff now. Um, you know, Roland Edgesman, sort of number two, as I suppose you'd say. But um, Michael's our player coach, and he does a lot of the training now. Takes a lot of that, and the extra responsibility he's taken to. You know, and I think that's helped him to kick on to, to have another year at this level. But, you know, he's been a, again a credit to to himself. You know, he loves the club, and uh, you can see that how he plays. Still, he does a great job just holding midfielder. Single players aren't that easy to get hold of, funny enough. It's, uh, um, so he's, he's come in the side and done well. And so also, you know, it's been a change for a lot of managers in the Kent uh, game this year. Chris Kinnears, the Jay Saunders, etc. Um, losing their job. You're still going strong. And, but you're, well, maybe this is a backhanded compliment. You're not the oldest manager in the, in Kent now, with John's still coming back to Maystone. No, what did you make of that? No, well. well, no, it's good, really. You know, he's a, he's a legend of his person and. Uh, you know that, that makes you keep wanting to go. And like Peter Taylor's doing a great job at Dagenham now, and, and as you say they're not they're older than me, so you know it gives you the want to keep going and um, keep wanting to you know put out good sides from you know and and uh, keep the club progressing. You think that's a good appointment by Maidstone then bring John Steele back? Excellent appointment. It'd be an excellent appointment any club he went to. To be fair, uh, so I put Peter Taylor in that category as well. I think they were the sort of player, people that. Um, you know, uh, good football people and, and very, very knowledgeable. Very knowledgeable. Talking of knowledgeable, you, you're still enjoying it. You know, how many, 20, 23 years at Folkestone now? I'm losing count now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, yes. Seven years at Ashford, I enjoyed those years as well, you know, so it's been 30 years, I suppose. But yeah, you enjoy winning, enjoy putting out a side, enjoy when you can see players are, uh, responding to what you want and, and obviously entertaining the fans and obviously being a Folkestone-born person, it's uh, a little, always a bit of a, extra pressure because you want to do well for the, for the whole people, you know, and um, yeah, yeah, I still love it, you know, it gets tiring sometimes, but, you know, I say when I've got people like Michael Everett and Roland Edge behind me, they're, they're good people. They're defying the odds again, aren't they, Matt, focusing on Victor? And Cugley seems to me like he's, he's still going strong. And, and I like the line he said there, well, John Still and Peter Taylor are older than me, so I can keep on going. It, it, what, what a legend that man is. Oh, it's amazing, Stephen. You know, it's one club for, I think he's the longest serving manager in the country now. I, don't know, it's, I think it's 23, 22 years at Folkestone. And he's mentioned there seven or eight years with Ashford as well. So, it's been, you know, he has, you know, every Saturday for the last 30 odd years, he's been picking a team, training during the week as well. And you have to give him maximum respect. And he basically is Mr. Folkestone in Victor, isn't he? What a good job he's doing from that point of view. Their home form is on good. They're in good form. They're still in sixth place, you mentioned. You know, massive game against Dorkin at the weekend. If they can get three points there, there's no reason why they can't really look into right end of the playoffs. But he's done a fantastic job. And he mentioned there the goal scorers they've got, the Paxmans, the DeHorsts, the Yusuf. We haven't really mentioned him too much this season on the pod, have we, when he was banging them in last season. And um, Draycott as well. So I think he's doing a magnificent job there. Um, really in good form, banging the goals in at home. Defensively, they're looking solid as well. And I think if they had a better start of the season, we could have been talking about them as uh, championship, you know, champions, or at least championship uh, hopefuls. But with a few games to go, the form they're in, and the players they've got, they've got a good chance, I think, folks, in Invicta. Yeah, and I mean, if you look, really, they all know that 
he obviously mentioned Dorking Wanderers there, who, who have got a, a, a big budget and have got some money behind them. But you also look around and you see, you know, some of the clubs around them are big clubs. They've had good histories. Like Bognor Regis were in the uh, Conference South last year. Lewis have been right up into the National League as well. Um, Tunbridge Angels, Enfield Town, you know, clubs that you wouldn't necessarily expect folks in Victor who are out on a limb where they are geographically to be competing with. And you've got to say that he's doing an absolutely magnificent job, Neil Cugley. Well, it's just a couple of players to Margate this season, and unfortunately, if you're a Margate um, supporter, you know, they're 10 points below, places below um, focusing in Victor. So, you know, he's had to lose a couple of key players. I know Joe Taylor left, um, Liam Friend, who've been there for years um, from that point of view. So he always has to regroup his squad because other sides probably can play more money. But if you go there and you work hard on Neil Cugley, you know you're going to have a decent career out of it. And you've seen Michael Everett 700 games. He's a loyal manager, Neil Cugley, and I think he's done an unbelievable job, really. Uh, focusing in Victor, if, they, if he got them in Conference South, that'll be a fantastic achievement. They've yo-yo between the Devon Bostick Premier and Devon Bostick South, but I think a really, really good uh, good manager who got a job. And well, there will be a time, unfortunately, when he might decide to move, maybe onto a different challenge. It'll be a big challenge when, when he does leave focusing in Victor, but he's left that club. In really good hands at the moment. Indeed, that league table is ridiculous at the moment. You've got Dorking with 53 points and Haringey with 52. They're quite a way clear. And third place Lewis have got 45. And 10th place Worthing have got 41. So it's just four points separating seven, eight teams there. Um, and folks in Victor and Tommy James are both slap bang in the middle of that. They've got 42. They're six and seven. Um, Brighton Sea Region, I suppose, 39. They may think they're not out of it as well. It's it's going to be a tight old end to the season, and, and there's no reason why that there, there can't be two Kent clubs in those playoffs. I don't think. And, and you know, you look around and you just think that, that that they've got every chance. And if you get into those playoffs, it's it's a bit of a lottery. Like you said last year, you had Billericay and Dulwich were the, clearly the top two teams in that league, and uh, obviously Folkestone came up against Dulwich in the playoffs and, and suffered a heavy defeat. But this year, there's nothing to fear for folks in Autumn Jones if they get into those playoffs, is there? No, we mentioned something, James. They've still got um, got a game in hand on folks and just behind them from that point. They seem to turn their form around with Steve McKim. Chindu McKenzie's come in and scored some goals. So, yeah, that little bit of a wobble. January's been a much better month for um, December. Maybe when Steve McKim thought about you know moving on from the club, that maybe was to kick up the players needed, saying, well, we want to work for this manager. So, yeah, looking good at the moment for these, these sides. Now, Maybe it's going to be difficult. Maybe if the weather's going to turn a bit, games will be called off. You're playing a bit more midweek games and folks need to turn their waveform around a little bit, but they've been fantastic at home. It could be an exciting thing, but this is the key thing now. As we do think the weather's going to turn a little bit, your game, you'll be, you could be playing midweek games and that could be, for a bit, for smaller squads like folks who have players who work as well, that's the test for the metal. But good luck to them and and for Tommy James as well. Hopefully one of them could at least get in the playoffs. Well, exactly. Angels beat uh, Haringey Borough 1-0 on Saturday, uh, which knocked Haringey off the top of the table. Adam Ramadan scoring in the very last minute to win that one. And Angels followed that up on Tuesday night with a 2-0 win over Absolute United to reach the Kent Senior Cup semi-finals as well. So, absolutely fantastic for them. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think, yes, I know, some of the uh, absolutely younger players, but Rance was playing, Corey Whiteley was playing, so that's interesting in that. But, yeah, confidence going back to Tunbridge Angels and their home form has turned around a little bit and if you see the celebrations on social media after the goal against uh, Haringey you can know that people did enjoy that and that's what they they, they live for after all the highs and the, the disappointments scoring a last bit winner against the league leaders it's not much better than that and I can tell you that the Kent Senior Cup uh, semi-final draw has been made um, I think it was made just earlier this afternoon not by us no um, 
and the ties are as follows. Maidstone United will take on Gillingham. And Tom Maidstone Angels, United Reserves will take Gillingham Reserves. And Tom and Angels will play Bromley. So, the first teams will play there, yeah, what I thought. Yeah, so for, for a place in the final, obviously Maidstone beat Gillingham last year as well in the uh, in the competition. So, um, yes, very interesting draw. That's one. Um, obviously, we've talked, Matt, about folks in Victor and Tommy Jones. We should mention Margate as well. A 1-1 draw for them on Saturday against Leatherhead. Uh, goals are an issue. Home wins are an issue for them. But they've had some good news this week because it looks like things are moving on at Hartsdown Park. And finally, they're going to be some proper investment in that stadium and they're going to be able to have a home that they can be proud of rather than porter cabins and small stands yeah it's, it's a big thing in the local paper it's come out saying all about it so they're working out with a hotel um, and a gym etc like that so yep again with margate until you see a little bit of earth being dug up we'll wait to see what it is but um maybe they're going in the right direction and it, again from a Margate supporter point of view, I know they're not very happy with their the league form at the moment, and they are probably are a Conference South club. They need to just to win some points on the at the moment from there, otherwise they're, they're struggling a little bit. Well, 26 goals in 26 games. They are the joint lowest scorers in the division. They've only conceded 30, so they've got one of the best defences in the league, but uh, it, well, third best defence in fact. But it's it has been a tough season for those Margate fans, and I suppose they'll be hoping that they can get through to the end of the season and, and sort of regroup again. Yeah, again, it'd be interesting to see some of the bigger signings who've had a couple of years, a two-year contracts coming to an end as well. So it'd be interesting to see what Margate do with those players if they keep them all move from there. They've had a few youngsters coming through and using Dover's Academy, but interesting times with Margate. But as we've seen before, when they had all that money, they didn't improve the infrastructure of the club and see where they are now. Improving the infrastructure of the club hopefully will work in the right direction on the pitch as well. Exactly. In the Bostick South East, Cray Wanderers were held to a 1-1 draw at Faversham. Great result for Faversham. Uh, but they extended their lead at the top to 11 points. A second place Hastings were gubbed 4-1 by Herne Bay. And that man, Jake Embry, got two of the goals. That means that Inform Ashford is just two points off second spot after Sam Corn's goal gave them the spoils at three bridges. Elsewhere, uh, High Town goalkeeper George Camarassi grabbed a last gasp leveller in their 2-2 draw at VCD Athletic. His manager Keith McMahon this week has launched a petition to help improve the standard of refereeing at lower levels. Have, have you seen that one yet, Matt? No, there's been a bit of controversy about refereeing. I haven't seen it. What, 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 what does the petition say? It basically says that there should be some sort of academy for the referees. Um, some sort of way that, you know, rather than just putting them out there to be criticised every week, it's almost a bit of, um, you know, making sure... That you can that, that they have a bit of support rather than just being criticised, and I think it's very interesting. I, I have signed the petition because he um, he mentioned it. I'm just trying to look because he did uh, mention us. He did let us know on Twitter that he'd launched it. Um, however, the Kent Senior Cup draw has given us a lot of messages uh, on this on the Twitter profile there. Um, but it is you know it, it is well, it's, it's difficult to be a ref. I, you know, I, I said before, all the tea in China, I wouldn't want to do it, and maybe they are. This needs something come down from the from the top, probably from this, because at every level, referees are going to get criticised. Maybe the FA could set up an academy for a referee, and if they spot these people, we've spoken to a few referees who are working their way up the game. So, um, yeah, I think it's something that probably should come from the FA and what they can do to improve it, make it more, you know, something that people want to do, um, and then don't throw them in at the deep end. I know they have the at these games, but it's a difficult task, so... Uh, in a game nine times out of ten if you if you never met, if you never notice a referee is doing a good job but in the games I've watched even at the level National League you do notice that some of them are maybe not 
up to the level, but I don't know how you get around it. But we'll look at that petition and hopefully something will go from there. I hope the FA needs to work on that. Yeah, I do have it in front of me. This is what Keith McMahon has said. I want the FA to invest money in non-league referees. The standard of referees at non-league level isn't up to standard, and I don't think the FA are helping referees out. I want them to create referee academies, so young referees are given a two-year full-time paid training scheme. This can be rolled out to every county FA so that more than 200 referees are given this opportunity every two years. Every county should have 21 referees split into seven teams of three. Each team will have matches that they've refereed filmed and then will come back each week, go through the good points and the mistakes, and then go onto the pitch with the other 18 referees and reenact the incidents practically. Also, I want to set up paid weekly training for established referees at non-league level so they can go to their county and have practical training. I want managers, players, clubs, supporters, referees and leagues themselves to support this to make a change. Only we can make the difference to make the FA give non-league football the respect it deserves. Some great points there. Yeah, I think maybe we should probably get him on the, one of our shows to discuss those points. But again, the funding is going to be the issue. Who's going to pay for this? If the FA aren't going to, uh, if they weren't going to sell Wembley and get £600 million or whatever it was to invest in grassroots, um, I wouldn't have thought they'd got too much money there if, you know, when you think the, the money they're giving out in the FA Cup is pretty pittance when you get to the high level. So it's an interesting one. Um, it's a debate probably for another day, but at least keeps thinking about it and doing something about it. But yeah, it, it probably is an issue the lower you down. If you want to be a referee, you know, you have to go through the levels, don't you? And again, as we said before, we've never seen an old pro or try and do the refereeing. And if they make it more exciting, maybe somebody who's retired from the game look to go down that route and I think that would give it a real kickstart as well if, it, if you saw a face trying to become a referee Exactly Elsewhere in the Bostick South East Whitsville drew 0-0 with Greenwich and several notes came from 2-0 and 3-2 down to draw 3-3 with East Grinstead but there were defeats for Sittingbourne to Hayward Heath Phoenix Sports who ended with 9 men at Whiteleaf and Ramsgate who went down 1-0 at Horsham in a game I very nearly went to but ultimately I was told that I didn't miss anything um, <laughs> This weekend, obviously, there will be fixtures in that league, weather permitting, um, because obviously Matt Gerald is, is warning us that there's more snow on the I, th- I think there is a yellow snow warning for tomorrow. For Don't the- eat yellow snow. Do you like it? That's a warning yeah. for you about yellow snow. Very good, very good. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, this weekend it is Ashford United against Seven Oaks. No love lost between those two. Uh, Cray Wanderers against Herm Bay. Uh, Faversham Town go to Haywards Heath. It's Hyde Town against Three Bridges. Phoenix Sports against Sittingbourne. Ramsgate hosts Greenwich Borough and it's Whitstall Town against VCD Athletic. And we didn't mention it earlier uh, when we were discussing it. We, it is Dorking Wanderers against Folks and Invicta. Bognor Regis Town against Tunbridge Angels. And Margate are away to Enfield Town. So all three of our teams in that league on the road this weekend as well. So that'll be tough. Right, so let's go up to the top of the non-league pyramid then. And Maidstone United. Just hours after we recorded last week's show and confidently predicted that John Still and Hackenhay Retting would be the new management team. They appointed John Still and Hackenhay Rettin as their new management team. Phew. I've got up with co-owner Oliver Ash, and in the first part of our two-part interview with him, he told me there was a lot of thinking to do before they made that decision. Um, well, there was no question about John's credentials and his experience. Uh, he's a great man of, of, uh, of non-league football, and he's, uh, you know, he's got a track record, and he's been at Maidstone, so there's a bit of Maidstone in his heart, uh, that's for sure. Um, but it was a difficult decision in the sense that it, it was going to cost it was going to cost money uh, and serious money at a time when you know cash flow is very tight uh, after this this difficult season so that was the main decision and and you know did we want to um, go that extra mile and make um, the the investment for you know for the immediate future and for next season as well 
um, and we decided we, we would do that because it was an ex it was a, an extraordinary opportunity uh, to bring in someone of John's caliber and um, someone to assist him like uh, Hakan Iratin, who's who's also uh, somebody that we've we've admired in the past. And obviously Simon Walton stayed on as player coach. He he was impressive, wasn't he, when he was sort of caretaker manager with Tristan Lewis for a little while. Yes, absolutely. I think um, everybody around the club uh, got to know him uh, much much better than we had done watching him as a player. He's a um, he's a gentleman off the pitch, but he's one of these uh, type of people. I remember similar when I played the similar characters who are very softly spoken off the pitch, but become absolute animals when they put the football boots on and go out there. Um, and he had a lot of sensible things to say, and he his, his warmth. And humanity really appealed to, to us and to our fans. So we're, we're delighted we've, uh, we've got him for at least till the end of the season in a, in a dual capacity, playing when needed and, and um, helping on the management side and, and providing that link, that bridge between the playing squad and the, um, the new managers. So looking at the league table, it, it doesn't look good, but obviously you've got faith in, in John and Hakan and Simon to, to turn it round. Well, we, we certainly have um, have faith in them to turn it round. Whether they can turn it round enough at this stage in the season um, remains to be seen. It certainly would be, uh, you know, being quite quite honest and, and, and um, not burying our heads in the sand. It would be almost miraculous at this stage of the season if we were to stay up. But uh, you know, we, we somehow managed to string together two or three wins in a row, and things look different. And you have to then hope you can get on some sort of momentum. It's not it's not a done deal by any by any stretch of the imagination, but it's certainly would certainly be, I think, one of the hot faves to go down if you ask the bookies. Uh, funnily enough, I was chatting to John Still on, on Radio Kent last night and, and he said very much the same sort of thing. And I know he's he's trying to use his, his contacts and do a bit of wheeling dealing, I think, to, to bring in some, some fresh faces because that's what you need, isn't it? A little bit of a boost to the squad, I guess. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. As he said, um, you know, we've got we, we have we've got grit and determination, and and that's not something really new to, to John coming in. We we saw that in particular um, when Tristan and Simon took over. But in fairness to Harry Wheeler, the, the the whole squad were working very very hard. That was one of the the, the sort of mantras that came in really when he came in that you know you, you have to at least have hard work and, and there's never give up attitude that's the very minimum um, so yes John certainly needs to add um, we need to add one or two um, pretty quickly um, to just add a little bit more quality and give us a bit more chance of, of, of staying up and, and looking ahead obviously to, to if we were to go down to, to building quickly and, and bouncing back uh, next season yeah, looking at your fixtures that, that you've got ahead, obviously Salford in the trophy on Saturday, a little bit of a free hit that one, but then AFC filed in, in the league at home is, is, is a tough uh, first game back at, or first game at home for, for John and, and Hakan. And, and the home form's got to be a bit of a concern, hasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the home form is, is, is astonishing, really, how bad, how bad it's been. You know? And, you know, when you look at the fact that we've got, I don't know, 18 games left, 16 games left, and, you know, you say, well, there's eight home games and we need to win five of them that doesn't sound outrageous in normal terms but when you've only won one all season it, it really is a, a tall order and um, yeah um, that, that the home form is, is um, has been really mystifying most of us around the club for, for more than one year you know it's, it's been a struggle for, since we got into the National League really um, in the in the first year or two I seem to remember we were creating a lot of chances but failing to convert them and the last 
year, it's been a case of just not creating enough chances. Uh, you know, the game seems to be now they've got two or three or four chances a game, uh, and that means that not only do we have we lost a lot of games, but the entertainment has been pretty miserable, and that's then led to crowds dropping. And it's it's a sort of a vicious circle, really. So, yeah, it is it is a it's a, it's a, it's a tall order now, and, and uh, we need some um, some John and Hakan magic and the players to really step up to the mark to give us a chance to. Um, to improve the performances, and that's the first thing. Because I think if we, if, if the performances pick up at home, and we can pick up a, a few wins and play some football, and, and then the, I think the crowds will come back, and the, the virtuous circle will hopefully replace the, 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 the vicious circle that exists at the moment. And interesting there, Matt, because you know there's no doubt John Steele's experience, but Manchester United have had to look at the, the books before they've decided that that's the path they're going to go down. Yeah, and I think it's. A wise appointment. Um, again, when you realise how much a leap um, it is to go from Conference South to Conference National with the training, the full-time training, the travelling, the extra wages, it is a big run. And interesting to see that what his, his view is that you know they're not going to put the club in problems before because they've had all those problems before when they couldn't get back into the uh, uh, into the county town. So I admire from that point of view, uh, and I think it's the right way to go maybe they have to go backwards to go forwards but with John uh, still in charge it's the correct decision they probably could have gone to, to somebody else or maybe a Joe Dunn or um, Scott Lindsay or something like that but you know what you'll see from uh, John Steele he knows a player and maybe he could f- find another player from, from Maidstone and they can make more money that way so a wise decision but I admire decisions going to be made you know it's difficult we'd all like to run a football club but, you know, it's a hard challenge unless you've got loads and loads of money and you're never going to get a return on the investment. But um, I think maybe some of the Maystone fans will, you know, maybe John still can get them out of it. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. But I, I admire that anybody who runs a football club, to be honest. Yeah, and um, John Steele, I spoke to him on Monday night when I did the radio show without you. It wasn't the same. Um, but Thanks, he's mate. basically working hard on trying to bring in some new players because he openly admits that the, the squad that Manchester United have is not good enough at the moment. And that's... It's a mixture of things, isn't it? You know, they, they've lost players to, to higher league clubs. They haven't replaced them. That was under Jay Saunders. Then Harry Wheeler came in and got rid of a lot of experienced players and, and seemed to have a bit of a scattergun approach at times to bringing in players. And now John Steele's picking up the pieces. And the number one thing they need is goals. Fortunately, Blair Turger is back in training, so hopefully he'll be back in action soon. But they need to find some goals from somewhere. And hopefully John Steele's got some contacts. Well, I have to read somewhere that Jake Cassidy could be coming back to Maidstone because um, Richard Money, who rated him at Hartlepool's left, um, he hasn't been involved, not the, not particularly popular at Hartlepool, Jake Cassidy. So maybe they're going to try and bring him back. I, I like him, not a prolific goal scorer, but he's a willing runner and he'll, and he'll create chances for Maidstone. So if they can get him back, um, it'd be just as if they do anything before the, win- well, before the league window ends Thursday because with the trophy on this weekend, you might not be able to get players to play anyway because they may well be cut tight. So it maybe gives you a different, another couple of days to bring players in. But I think when I look at my spreadsheet, I think they used about 43 players, uh, Maystone. I'm sure that it could be closer to 50 by the end of the season, but that's what they need to do. And John Steele's got the contacts to do it. Yeah, and, and I suppose at home is, is, is the big thing. Next league game, he's at home against AFC Fylde and it's a tough game on paper and it's a tough game when you look at their home form. Yeah, they've got, they've got to get something. They need something to boost the home, you know, just a win um, to, to, to get their home fans a little bit happy. And I, and I think the new manager bounce will probably come for, for John Steele. Once he gets into his players, 
he knows how to win matches. If they got back-to-back wins, a home win or an away win, whatever, it just boosts the confidence up. Because it's still quite tight down the division. You just need to get back-to-back wins in that division. Just to get a little bit of fight so it gets the fans on thing. Just, you know, so, yeah, it, it's a tough ask, but he's got a chance to get out. If he gets them organised and they can score goals, there's no reason why not. But it's going to be a tough ask, as, as Oliver Ash says. It's the FA Trophy for them on Saturday at Salford, as you've already mentioned. Um, they're not going to care about that one, are they? Probably not. No, it's it's a long way to go. I know if you look at it, when Dover went out of the competition, at this stage of the competition, you're losing money, probably Maystone travelling up to Salford. There's not much, um, the gates may not be great, and as David Beckham turns up, maybe get to watch the game. Uh, and, the, and the prize money is not much cop as well and the travelling side of that so I think until you maybe get to the quarterfinals is the competition worth going with so if they lose nobody really will be that bothered to concentrate on the league if they win they can dream of Wembley but I think um, they'll be looking for performances John still um, and I would have thought you know, put, you know putting my reputation on the line maybe a bit like the weather here the side that plays filed may look completely different to the side that plays Salford this weekend I'd be careful with you saying things like that because I confidently said on Monday night that there was no way on this planet Newcastle United to beat Manchester City. Um, that went well. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what that's what we're not paid the big bucks to talk about these things, John. No, exactly. Um, elsewhere in the National League um, on Saturday, it was, it was defeats. Well, no one else, no one scored in the National League actually this weekend in the, in the Kent sides. Um, but Ebbsfleet United went down 1-0 at Sutton and Bromley were beaten 1-0 by Eastley. But the, the worst... Day part of the day for Bromley was losing Adam Mecky to a serious injury, Matt. Yeah, it's, it's a nasty one. I think he was tackled by his own player, I think. It's landed on there. And Mecky, who played pretty well against David the previous week, scored. Um, he's a tricky little player. Um, I think Neil rated by Neil Smith. And he's, like, he's broken his leg and his ankle, so he's out for the season. So, yeah, disappointing for him. Gives other people a chance. Carl De Silva comes in, hasn't really played that much since the season. But Neil Smith will be uh, looking at his squad. But hopefully Mecky can get back because he, you know, on his day, he's a real threat in this division. Yeah, and then that just leaves us with one more. Um, and it was a nil-nil draw uh, on your long jaunt over to Haven. And I believe your your message to me was it was all right apart from the bit between three and five. Haven't nil, Dover nil. Tell me about it. Yes, I, I didn't think the ground was that bad. I probably should apologise if I used um, swear words to describe what people have described to me. A decent ground, lovely view from the press area. I have to say one of the best in the league. You're quite high up and... Uh, you had no pillars in and you could really see both sides of the pitch. Yeah, Dover were pretty poor. Uh, F.E. Young was back to pre-Essenthal of Young. His touch was about four yards in front of him. He kept falling over the ball. It may be because the pitch wasn't the greatest, but Dover, that was a chance thrown away, really. You think about it, 65, uh, I think about 65 minutes, I think. Um, um, they had down to 10 or maybe 60 minutes an hour of game that haven't had 10 men and Dover really didn't create anything at all. Um, I'm really hanging on at the end, thanks to McNamara, the lone who had a good game on his debut, heading it off the line. Yeah, not the greatest afternoon uh, from that point of view. I had a good day out. Dover, an extra two points from that would be quite would have been really helpful. But uh, still tight down the division, and I'm you now the last two performances. I'm a little bit concerned, John, that you know Dover are not out of it yet. Yeah, they need to pick up points. Not you know not conceding goals. No, I think it's two goals conceded in five or six league games, but. Scoring goals looks a problem. Unless it's having a set piece, we're not looking that threatening. But maybe that's just my doom and gloom Dover Athletic hat on. But uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, good day out. But the football was pretty hopeless. And Andy Hessenthaler said that afterwards as well. 
I think it's, it's, it's always difficult against 10 men, isn't it? And he did say that as well to you. But, you know, it, it, it really should have been a day where, where it was and it would be a great result to just move you further away from the, from the foot of the table. But, Matt, let's be positive, shall we? You've got to look at it and say there's an opportunity on Saturday when you host Gateshead, who are just looking back at their fixtures. They haven't won for a long time. They've lost their yeah. manager recently. You've got to be looking at that one and thinking... They're not going to fancy Crabble on a, on the first Saturday in February, and and hopefully you can get three points then. Yeah, yeah, I think um, home games if Dover win, and they've got a lot of sides around them to play at home, so they know that, that that's going to be the key if they're staying up. The record against Gates is good; they've beaten them, I think, every single season at home in the National League. So, um, yes, it, it, it's a through game. Will that game be on? I don't really know. Looking at the uh, snow, I did have the snow warnings up here, John. Uh, yellow snow and ice. Um, is coming from I think tomorrow I think so um, you might even get some snow where you are well you never know um, between uh, let me just yeah basically it's coming so uh, well I'm putting my neck on the line I'm gonna say, well we might not get something broad stairs but I think some parts of Kent are going to get absolute caning of it yeah and also I've, I've said before about the need for um, Kent teams to look at lift sharing and it should be the same for North East teams because as well as uh, Gateshead travelling down to Dover also on Saturday. Um, Hartlepool United come down to Ebb Street United. So Ebb Street will be hoping that they can bounce back from their defeat at Sutton, a place where they never do well anyway. No, I think that was, you know, dominated the game and gave a goal away in the last minute. Maybe um, Sutton, one of these sides, you thinking are not doing too well where they're in the playoffs. They don't lose many matches. and Felt a bit there for, for Ebb Street and, and Gary Hill. So I know if they'd have won that, they'd have got into the playoffs. Maybe it's going to be a little bit different. I still think maybe the top seven are, are gone in that division and it's going to be tough for anybody to break into it. Maybe Eastley or Epstein, yeah. But I think it's about back. Hartlepool won last weekend. They probably need a few more wins to get out of it. So uh, for all our Kent sides, we could do with Epstein doing, doing us a favour and beating Hartlepool. Exactly. Um, into the National League South very quickly, just to finish off, uh, Welling were beaten 2-0 at Billericay on Saturday. And it was Dartford 1, Concord 1. Billericay 1 in midweek as well. But I think Torquay, who hit 7 on Saturday are running away with that league at the moment. This weekend in that division, uh, Welling are at home to Chippenham, while Dartford are not playing by the looks of things, as their opponents uh, must be in the FA Trophy. Um, and it is Woking against Dartford on Tuesday night. So a tough game. That Come on, the Darts. A tough game, that one, for uh, Jamie Coyle and Adam Flanagan away at Woking. Although Woking were beaten 2 at home by Wheelstone on Saturday. Um, yes. So that division, they just need to, uh, to make sure that they can keep Keep going with the playoff places at the moment, I suppose. It, it, the top five are a little bit clear now, I suppose, of Welling four points behind Billericke. Um So there's still at least two playoff places up for grabs and, and both of our teams are still firmly in the mix. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, good busy time of the season. Garford have got to put down a marker against Woking. That'll be good. They can, we can see that they can do it. I think maybe I'll, I'll be. I think maybe only one of them might get in there if they can do it from that point of view. But just show a little bit of consistency. I think Welling brought a player in, Mickey McLeod. So maybe they've got a little bit more money again, Welling. But uh, yeah, interesting times ahead. Certainly is uh, interesting times over the weekend as well. Massive good luck to Canterbury City and Cray Valley. Um, your Kent non League podcast episode seventy uh, will probably be coming on Sunday next week because uh, well it's my fault. Um, to be honest, I'm going on holiday, um, so we're going to try and do something on Sunday because we can't let the FA Vars uh, go without um, giving it a, a big up. And hopefully, when we speak to you, and um, we will have two teams from the scaffold in the last eight and obviously the draw will be held on Monday thanks everyone for listening as always and um, well Matt I suppose before we let you go is everything going to be alright with the snow are you prepared for this snow 
Yeah, I'm prepared, ready to go. Carrots in hand, scarf in my pocket. Um, should be hopefully my car will won't slide. But I'm, well, I'm calling to. It. I'm only getting this from third third thing, but people at work saying it's all coming, so I'll believe them. So from that point of view. Excellent. Well, that is it for this week. Kent, this week's Kent Nolly podcast. Um, as always, you can find us on social media um, and on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and on Facebook at Kent Non League. Um, do also get in touch, please. As I said last week, if, you, if there's anything at your club you think we should be talking about, then please get, get in touch with us. We'll be more than happy to, to delve into some of those stories um, and give your club a, a little bit of a, of, a, of a big up here on the Kent Non League podcast. Uh, thanks to Oliver Ash and to Neil Cugley for speaking to us this week. And all that remains to say is we shall speak to you at some point. Next week. Thanks for listening. I don't think we'll ever mention Kurt Cobain on the party after this after Saturday. <laughs>